I've had a wardrobe nightmare today. We have, but I, I want to talk to you about these first. Okay. But we can talk about the t-shirts. You want to talk about the t-shirts? I mean, that luckily, because you're listening on Spotify, most likely, no, I don't have to endure this wardrobe nightmare that's going on. It's not right a now. clash, though, is it? Well, We're matching. Yeah. Which is the opposite of clashing. I'd, I'd go as far as to say it's cute. Some people would would describe us as cute for matching. <laughs> I went for dinner on Saturday night and the person I was out for dinner with was wearing the same shirt as me. Like had to the a tea. Yesterday. Um, the, the, I think the bad part was that it was a woman and so we were dressed the same head to toe. Really? I'll, I'll, I'll put up a picture actually. Same sunglasses, same fleece, same trousers. I'll I'll put a video, I'll put a, an image of this on the video. Um what did you my do question, the dinner? My my question for you was related to our last podcast. This is a 80 gram bag of mini eggs. Oh, this is an go. Easter, the Easter fallout. How many calories do you think this has in? Notice that it is now completely empty. So okay, the calories are now in me, all of them. We've discovered as well that to get full focus, you have to fill the frame with mini eggs there we are just blank your face out because if I reveal my face please work please work please work please work it's not going to work oh damn but there we go what a terrible demonstration that's like when you you take something to the like the help desk like oh this isn't working this isn't working and then it works three times in a row and you're like I promise it wasn't working before I promise my card it couldn't yeah. start this morning. And you get home 80 grams and it's broken again. And it stops working again. 80 grams of mini eggs. 80 grams. I think 300 calories. Because from memory, 354 calories for 100 grams of chocolate. I don't think the shell of mini eggs is going to be neither here nor there. So it's a bit higher than that, but that's a pretty good estimate. I think. Mini eggs always surprise... The reason I ask you is, the reason I thought of the question, mini eggs always surprise me with how calorie dense they are. They're quite dense physically. I mean, I feel like if you threw a mini egg off someone, it would you could do some damage. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, they're, they're approaching 400 calories. I think. It's over 400 calories for 100 grams, at least on the okay. listing that I found. I'm sure I'll get bombarded with people who've eaten mini eggs over the last couple Actually, of weeks. Actually, so. uh, <laughs> tell me differently um but you should go back and listen to our last podcast there we go interestingly they're not on the bag because it was in a multi-pack so uh calories weren't on there they don't exist otherwise i've got a question for you it's a would i lie to you one of these is a lie i sold my socks on ebay to a foot fetishist after clearing out my house <laughs> and that might that may very well be true by the way everybody that's a that's an that's an eight out of ten true i would say next one <laughs> statement number two i sleep in a nighty. oh wow so there's only two things mm-hmm. and one of those things is a lie 
that's a brilliant selection of things that because both of those are plausible highly plausible <sighs> i think okay so you're allowed to ask me questions about those statements oh can i all right yeah how long have you been sleeping in the 94 very briefly so it's a recent thing yeah what color is it black <clears throat> well i thought if it's going to be a nazi i can't make what, it why why a nighty because of the heat yeah is it your nighty or did you borrow it it's my nighty i bought it for that purpose the other reason i bought it is for more of a productivity reason which is that if you wear pajamas it's easy to just stay in pajamas for a few hours into the day and then you're in pajama mode whereas if you get a nighty that looks really stupid then as soon as you get out of bed, you want to get out of the nighty, ASAP. To, I think you could achieve that by like just sleeping naked, though, right? Like, if if the goal is I want to be colder and I want to force myself to get changed when I wake up, then not wearing anything is the cheapest, most direct route to that situation. Yeah, I'm really surprised you don't sleep naked. The the, the main reason why I'm saying. I'm leaning towards the socks being the true thing and this being the lie is I've just always assumed you sleep naked. Really? And are naked for most of the day. Okay. But when you were, when you were, I'll ask you a few more questions. When did you sell the socks? When I cleared out my house with the, oh, so this is an upcoming video. I hired a professional organizer to clear out my house. Oh, that's because I know that's, I know that happened. God damn it. Are they, and they're both not... One of these is false, definitely. One of them is false, yes. <laughs> the, interestingly, the professional organiser said that her PB for a house clearing out socks was 1,700 odd socks. Pairs are individual. So that, that was just the number of odd socks. She didn't count the pairs. So it was a family with three kids and the mum would just keep buying new socks because she was like getting them mismatched all the time. And I said, why don't you just buy socks of the same colour? So they're all the same colour and then there's no odd socks. Yeah, it would solve that yeah. problem. So she advised me to keep only 14 days worth of socks and underwear and get rid of the rest. So I thought, fair enough. what, what could I make for that on eBay? There's a lot of foot fetishists around. You could charge a decent markup for it. Interesting. How did you find the foot more. fetish test? How did you find them on eBay? We, you, you don't have to find them like that. The nature of eBay is that they are the market oh, I see. for you. Yeah. <laughs> and you, so you're assuming the person who bought them has done so because of a foot fetish. Yeah. I mean, you, you, list, you very much list it at, like you just copy the listing style of other people's attention, hand socks. Attention people with a foot fetish. Yeah. Sub headline. Um, Socks never seen before, revealed from secret Egyptian drawer <laughs> <laughs> in mass tidy project. Yours I really today. I dug out the like copywriting skill for for this one. <laughs> the words that sell book. I just took a couple of photos of me wearing socks, but not including my face. These are fantastic, man. Like I, I am stumped. I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the socks being the lie. 
because I think the nighty thing is so specific. Well done. I'm Am I right? Impressed. Yeah, you are correct. <laughs> so the nighty was the <laughs> I think just for a tip for, for delivering the information in future, you were far quicker to deliver the nighty line than the socks line. It looked like you were thinking as you were talking. Oh, now this okay. is easy for me to like I, I use this one secret magician's hack to work mm-hmm. it out. If I'd been wrong, then maybe you were deceiving me. But you were very quick to say, I've been wearing a nighty. I'm like, Ooh. Oh, not only yeah, is that I exactly the back. sort of thing that Yusuf would do and do a YouTube video on because he's read a study about testosterone production. When it's cold uh, and you've got aeration underneath yeah. between your legs. and Can yeah. we see the nighty? So I return it. God, it gets it gets deeper. Okay, why have you returned it? I, I just I wasn't happy with the sleeping experience. <laughs> I thought that underwear and yeah, underwear and like earrings, you can't return, can you? Yeah, that's true. The nicey they accepted happily. So yeah. So well, where I'm, did you I'm buy? Probably, where did you buy it from? I just Amazon. It was like sixteen quid quite comfortable but just really cold like even with the pregnancy pillow i had quite a shivery night and i thought actually pajamas do more than more than you'd expect can you upload an image of the nighty somewhere yeah it was quite i i I considered like i thought because if the whole purpose is to get out of the nighty as soon as you wake up to get like a really stupid looking one Mm. and you know enhance that effect but Mm -hmm. uh I chickened out and just got a plain black one. It's a bit did sexy it, though. How like far down your body did it go? Mid thigh. So it was <laughs> it was a bit sexy. <laughs> did that have any have any like detailing on it, like any frilly bits or little bit of sequins, but it was black on black, so you couldn't really see it uh, too much. But if like Very... in the in the light as you're moving around, it might have glistened. Yeah. <laughs> and it was um, the cut was relatively low and the arms were pretty tight, which always gives you an appreciation the for women's arms. clothes. So in yeah. my mind, it's just straps. It was like arms? a short-sleeved one. Uh, so just like, just covering the delt. Yeah, almost like um, top man muscle fit t-shirts that are a little bit too short. That like point out here. Yeah. They like flare out a little bit. Yeah, I know. Okay. All right. I've got a pretty clear image of it. And how many nights did you wear it for? Just two. And then I was like, no, can't do this. Enough's enough. Yeah. By the way, speaking of the foot fetish thing, I just feel like this is worth mentioning at this point. I did live with a man who, um, well, I'll set the scene. It was a knock on our door. I lived in a flat of five people. I entered the door, man in a blue collared shirt and slicked back hair um was standing there and i was like oh, hello and it's got to like, be slicked oh, back hair isn't it it has to be slicked back yeah required <laughs> it's very important and i was like oh i was what's up and he was like oh i'm i'm just here for um the shoes is is sam in and i was like sorry you're here for the shoes and then another flatmate came over to the door and we were kind of peering around the door being like what do you mean? He's like, oh, um, well, it's probably easier if I speak to Sam. Sam walked out of his room, 
and went past. Oh, hi, mate. You're right. We were like, what's going on, Sam? And he was, oh, you're here for the shoes? Yeah, two seconds. Gave him his shoes, like old tattered shoes. And the rest of us were like, just before you go, like, what, what is this? Can you just explain? He was like, well, if you must know, I've got a foot fetish and I'd appreciate if you wouldn't judge me and I'm just here to take the shoes. And Sam's like, all right, mate, see you later, have fun. And we shut the door and we, we were all just like, Sam, can you please explain how this situation came about? He said, well, I was walking home last week. The guy saw me and was like, oh, I really like your shoes. Could I, can I have them, please? And I said, absolutely, but I'm getting a new pair on Friday. So if you can come back, I live here. Um, when I get the new pair, you can pick them up. Huh? Cold outreach. Yeah, fully cold outreach. And we, we were like, you realise that man will be doing unspeakable things to your shoes now for weeks. And he's like, oh, fine. Like, if he's having fun with them, then all good. I, th- I, kinda, I think I kind of agree. But I think I would say no, just by default. Yeah. What, because there's no upside? What if he paid you? Because that then introduces a, like, is that prostitution? Like, have no, you I don't think so. I don't think it is. Well, because you are not having to be there involved in it. I'm just selling his shoes, selling my shoes. Like, it's up to him what he does with it. Yeah. Mm. Like, if someone used a frisbee that I was selling sexually, and they told me that they were going to use the frisbee sexually, and I still sold them the frisbee. Does that make me a prostitute? I don't think it does. <laughs> <laughs> like, just because foot fetish, foot fetish is a bit of a thing that, like, puts me in this, like, weird, dark community because I've sold some of my shoes. I think it's... I think it's fine. As long as you but, can say, look, I, I don't want any part of that, okay? <laughs> you do what you do over there, but that's not me, all right? <laughs> I mean that but explaining that little soundbite by itself is a 30 to 40 minute story <laughs> which one day one day we must do episode 200 um, we'll do it episode 200 yeah um, it involves me being in Venice in a gondola <laughs> it does actually involve that and you don't even know that <laughs> no I'm looking forward to this now final um, thing before we get on to the the main podcast. The actual podcast. No, no. I didn't. You're a hit on TikTok today. (laughs) 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 We cannot predict TikTok. Like, we set one up. I am a hit on TikTok. What about me? A video of me? A picture of me? (laughs) TikTok's only videos, isn't it? That shows shows what I know. How do I get on our TikTok, Yusuf? What do I click on? Dot com. Send me the website. Propane Fitness. TikTok. It's a www dot. <laughs> How Johnny finds out that he is a viral sensation. Um, the the thing with it, and this kind of comes down to what you were saying a few episodes ago about <clears throat> why your Instagram engagement is dropping, is that whenever you have a new platform, the algorithm just gives you random bits Mental. of reality. And I just can't predict it. I don't know why certain things do well and other things don't. Because it's such a... New oh, on the, is it, it's the pizza 
pizza takeaway thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I wholeheartedly, like, I, I stand by that. That's an experience that everybody's had at some point in their life. So the, the only thing I can guess is that it's got a good hook. Because I can't see the comments. Well, you can't log in. Sorry, I've got you going. You start with saying, um, this is an experience that is going to hit bullseye for everyone watching. Yeah. I don't think you meant Open that loop. as a viral No, thing, I didn't. I didn't. There it is. Well, the way my life works, just for everybody listening and watching, is a couple of times a week, I sit down in this seat and I talk to Yusuf on my computer. And sometimes that week, sometimes weeks later, sometimes months later, someone will come up to me and say, oh, so I saw, I saw you uh, said this thing about Will Smith. I'm like, uh... Where, when, Wait, how? Yeah. yeah, where, when, how? Can I see it, please? Show me what you mean. And I'll I'll realize that I've been, I'm on some platform that I, I kind of like, some, in some cases, it was so long ago that I actually have completely forgotten about <laughs> saying what I said. And it's, I'm like watching what I said for the first time, even though I said it, which <laughs> and that's a very weird right. experience. Like someone yeah. comes up to you and oh, please oh, be me. all right. Um, have you added a million liters of semen into you in my fitness pal today? And you're like, so ah. that, that's exactly, exactly the sort of thing. I mean, it's always really weird ways that people deliver, deliver it to me as well. <laughs> so actually, so the other, the other night we were sat, um, Becca and I were sat watching the anatomy of a scandal on Netflix, which I'd recommend by the way, it's very good. And Becca turned to me and went, someone's written. The real question is, does Johnny do buffs like Dexter? Oh yeah. And Liz, if you're listening, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. So I don't really, I'm not really active on, on Twitter. And I was like, oh, who said that? Wherever they said it. <laughs> How did Becca find that? I think she, she uses Twitter. Right. She uses Twitter more than me. Goodness she me. has a Twitter. She does. I don't think she tweets, but I think she, receives tweets. reads the tweets yeah so on that note speaking of twitter the price of protein has gone up massively over the last few weeks so is it a few weeks or is it is it is it a trend that's been happening a long time that you and i have been like unaware of possibly like the last order i did i'm pretty sure it was about 50 to 60 pounds for a big bag of protein the last time i actually I have it on the page I have a question to ask you. Sorry. I'm just bursting to ask you this. I have a question to ask you linked from a conversation or a comment that I saw. You shared an image of the MyProtein homepage and it was like coconut something. What was the flavor? It was coconut. So, And someone was like, what the fuck's that? Why, why are you buying coconut? And you said... I said I'd initially screenshotted it with milk tea flavor. But I thought that's going to get too much backlash, so I'll change it to a different one. And so milk tea being like, what is milk tea? It's actually, I've had a sample of it, wouldn't recommend. It tastes, Does it taste like tea? Well, yeah, but like, it, it tastes like tea with a lot of milk in and a bit of sugar. But you don't, like, you wouldn't do that and have it cold as like a mm, lovely drink i i agree but if you extend that argument it would be well you wouldn't buy protein powder that tasted like that <laughs> but there you were with it yeah <laughs> but 
but that's because of FOMO. I suppose, like, part of you hopes that it doesn't quite taste like the, what it's called. And then it's somehow this new thing. But actually, if it's super accurate, it isn't always that good. The point is, like, you wouldn't choose to make a cup of cold milk tea and if you saw it laying I, on the table. I agree. I agree. But at least now you know that the protein powder tastes exactly like that. And you only taste right again. Yeah. I just and let, oh, hang on. Have you just ordered some? So I, I haven't ordered some yet. I've still got four, kilo, four kilos of rhubarb and custard to get through. That's a nice one. It's all right. <laughs> I think anything with five kilos, as Ali Abdal says, anything that you do full time, or <coughs> nothing's fun when you do it full time. <laughs> no flavor is nice when you have five kilos of it. I beg to differ. Chocolate. Yeah, I think the the thing I've learned is if you're going to buy a large quantity of protein flavor, go as vanilla as possible, maybe even vanilla. So this is something I learned from Paul Mort because he's he used to run a supplement business and he's had dealings with flavorings. He's seen the other side of the wall when it comes to flavoring. And he was saying that if you think about it, the only thing that's flavored with the thing itself is typically chocolate. So it's typically got cocoa in the flavoring mixture. Mm. As soon as you go to anything else, really, it's purely artificial, the flavor, which is why, like, generally when you have chocolate-flavored whey, it's the nearest thing to, like, the the milkshake version of that thing. Yeah, which is why it probably caught me off guard that milk tea was so accurate. Vanilla is fully artificial. Yeah. Yeah. My protein does put vanilla pods in the vanilla protein, which is nice. That's true. And matcha yeah. flavor, I think, is just matcha powder. But it's, again, it's not awesome. something I would buy again. If you love matcha tea, go for it. But, but you don't like most of the clear way flavors. I'm working my way through them. Um, What's your what's your top one? Is it still um, orange and mango? No, that's Chris's. Chris is misguided, unfortunately. That's yeah. not the nicest flavor. Um, <laughs> so I quite uh, raspberry and cranberry is pretty good. Um, the pineapple one's pretty good. But you don't like that. The apple one is pretty good. You don't like that one either, from memory. Mm. Um, orange on its own, pretty good. A little bit tart aftertaste. Um, some of the ones that are like are just pure, like aren't flavored after a thing. They're just something completely different, like um, super berry, uh, super blast, or something. I can't remember what, dragon, dragon fire, or whatever. Like, there's a few that are like um, not a flavor. That's fully got me. <laughs> um, apparently, the like the lemon one's quite nice. I've not had that one, um, but I always make the mistake of like. I'll buy the bigger tub of it and I only really have it around training. So I'll have like a few scoops a week. Like I'll have like four scoops a week. It takes me ages. Like 40 training sessions to to get. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Which is why I'm kind of unaware of the price of whey or the price of protein, which Mm -hmm. we should get back to because that was what we were trying to discuss. Oh yeah. As you were saying. So posted about this on Twitter, people seem to go nuts over it. Um, 
But interestingly, one person who worked in a protein factory has commented and said, this is possibly because all of the raw ingredients are imported from across Europe. And at the time I worked there, 2014 to 2016, the raw material costs were very low. I'm talking £20 for 20 kilograms of whey or £60 for 25 kilograms of flavouring concentrate. I mean, I dread to even think how far 25 kilograms of... Long way. Flavouring... Yeah. Long way. A long way. Um, He said blends were done in 900 kilogram loads, only one to two bags of flavour used per blend. The rest was whey. Okay, so... Is that Rob? Tom. Hottest vapes. We got a message on Instagram from a guy who used to work for... He's a client, actually. Used to work for Pretty Mugs. Is that right? Oh, okay. Bulk powders. Bulk powders. We should ask You've him. Not seen the message. I, I'd what assumed it was you that had replied to him, but it, it's obviously not you. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's he said? I think a similar thing. Let me get the... Uh, I'll get the message up. Cool. In the meantime, um, Tom said that the profit margin was 300% on protein at the time. So, so that's why they can do the obscene discounts. I think so, yeah. But then you end up not taking the discount seriously if it's so obscene. We also had Philip Heads who said that whey was originally a waste product of cheese manufacturing and they would pay farmers to take this away for cow feed or it was sprayed over fields as a fertilizer. And now here we are paying £150 for a bag. So Rob sent us a message saying, price of raw materials have gone up. A lot of companies have put off increasing the price for a while, but it's hit the point where they have no choice. And then there's a post that he's linked to from Bodybuilding Warehouse that they did back in December um, that sums it up. I can't watch it because it's it's a video, Um, but I'll have a watch of that and see if that's worth sharing. But the, the, the post is saying like, oh, time to stock up on protein which is posted by a protein supplement manufacturer. So I imagine it was the sort of thing mm-hmm. that at the time around Christmas, probably not many people took seriously. Um, but oh, well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Because I feel like I can remember when, like pre my protein days, back when we were just lads and we had to go to like the supplement shop in Tesco or Holland and Barrett to get a tub of like USN whey. And it was, you know, a two kilo tub would be 30, 40 quid. But mum, can I go to the shop and get some yeah. protein from Boots? <laughs> yeah. I want to get big muscles and stuff, mum. Exactly. Yeah. And if you wanted to buy like Maxa Muscle or any of the, like, or Cymex, USN, um, they were all fairly expensive, weren't they? Oh, yeah. It was like way out of budget. Way out of budget. Way, Definitely. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting you say as well that the protein company says oh guys we're going to hit some supply chain difficulties time to stock up and everyone's like, mm, the uh, <laughs> the seller of the thing is telling us to buy more of the thing are they yeah mm. so you're so, going to decrease the amount of whey you consume i've got still got quite a bit to get through before i have to worry about that but my protein confirmed it they responded and said Hi, sorry we've had to put some of our prices up. The industry has been affected by commodity production and freight costs, which have all increased significantly over the last few months and is having a global impact. We have been absorbing these industry-controlled 
cost increases for as long as possible, but now we need to align with the wider sector. Please rest assured the quality remains the highest priority and we will never compromise on that. Well, I'd hope not if you're up in the price. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> in fairness to my protein, they have had the best score consistently on the independent lab testing for purity. So, because I remember th there was this protein study where some guy <laughs> took it on himself to test different brands of protein. And one of them, I can't remember what, whether it was, I think it was Optimum Nutrition or one of them. It was. 2% of the claimed amount of protein. My protein was 98% or something. So I there think was one that was basically selling sugar. <laughs> I think it was gold standard way. Oh. You know, Opt Optimum Nutrition's like the red tub. I, I really I hope that's right and I'm not just throwing something under the bus. But I, I think that was, I don't think that scored well, but I think the, my, all of my protein stuff did really, really well on its scores. I remember looking at it thinking, oh, like it was really tasty. And now I understand why. Yeah. Milk and milk and sugar tend to be quite tasty when they're flavoured, don't they? So you basically buy yeah, a quick. It's still probably, and like if you have like the the grid of like convenience, cost, and then grams of protein per serving, it's still probably up there, even at the higher prices. Like if you want to get twenty to forty grams of protein while you're out um, and don't have access to a kitchen. I think it's still pretty hard to beat the sort of price per gram that a protein yeah, shake would it would have provide. to actually get to really like super expensive for me to stop buying it. Because yeah, what's same. the alternative? Like you take meat with you out? Egg whites. Out about? It's literally that, isn't it? It's it's dried meat or egg white or like you can't really carry a yogurt around with you because <laughs> that you're on a timeline, aren't you? Clock's ticking. As soon as you leave the house, clock's ticking. It's also a social faux pas, I think. Well, I think any of those things are a social faux pas. It's Sorry, such a bodybuilder thing to have like a Tupperware of egg whites with all of the yolks like scooped out of them and you just sit and like... Yeah. Like chicken and rice. Yum, yum, yum. Pretty bars, I guess, but a lot of them are just collagen, aren't they? Just, just collagen and sugar, Yeah. <laughs> Alcohol as well. Collagen and alcohol. <laughs> the story of in this same um, protein shop that used to be in Tesco near where we live, they were trying, they had some uh, chopped up protein bar on a plate. And Yusuf went up to this guy and said, um, has it got, did you say has it got alcohol in? Has it got sugar alcohols? And he went, no, 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 there's no alcohol in this one, no alcohol in this. Actually, were you in Centre Parks in 2009? <laughs> like, yes, I was. And he'd, he'd remembered me from my physique in 2000, because yeah. I think I was lean in 2009. I'd just finished yeah. a diet. And he was like, you don't see many people looking like that. And I, in fairness, I think I must have been the leanest by about 20% body fat yeah. in Centre Parks at that time. Like waiting for the Tarzan noise to come on and the waves to start. Yeah. In the pool. <laughs> <laughs> what a throwback. Very much. If the price of protein drops sufficiently, then where, where have they got left to go? What do you mean? Like if, if people stop buying 
protein, they'll have to drop the price again. Oh, I see. Yeah. But then can my protein just run at a loss? I feel like whenever I see them say like it's 50% off from Thursday to Sunday, I look at it and think like, you can't be making any profit on that. Surely you can't be making any profit on the profit on that. So that they're going to either have to stop doing the sales and just drop the prices over time, or it'll be a weird thing to see how, because they must, it must be like a very high volume business. That's how they it, run. Yeah, it must. Well, it's, it's, it's a unique business model. It's the Domino's business model where if you pay full price, you're a twat because <laughs> you know, when you get the Domino's leaflets and the pizza express model. Yeah, like the the full price pizzas, you know, forty three pounds or something, and then yeah, you use all the little coupons, then it's maybe seventeen for Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. And like, there's a few discount codes that I have that I just have saved in my Alfred that like I'll try and just get the maximum discount for that day. Um, you should get Honey. It's a browser extension. I keep getting YouTube ads about it. Have you have you got Honey? I have. I don't trust browser extensions in general, particularly ones that like follow your buying behavior on the internet. So I just enable it as and when I need it. I thought you were about to tell me that you've got Jam, which is a different <laughs> version. The, the Syrian version. Yeah. So what it does is it just, whenever you're at checkout, it'll just test all of the, the current available discount codes and give you the best price. It feels like a very gray area that, doesn't it? I mean, it's, fully above board but it just feels wrong mm. it does but <laughs> here we are johnny made a very sensible public policy suggestion the other day which is that we shouldn't call a and e accident and emergency it should just be called emergency it would solve a lot of false positives just from listening to your experiences with it it seems like the problem is a lot of people go to A&E when they probably shouldn't go to A&E because they've had an accident that isn't an emergency. You could flip that and say it's what they perceive as an emergency. And for some people, an emergency is, I wasn't happy with what my GP told me, so I've come here. Yeah. Interestingly, actually, I, I remember a phone call. I was trying to book a doctor's appointment and... I said, the lady said, oh, the next, the next appointment is like in two weeks time. And I said, well, have you got anything sooner than that? And she said, yeah, I've got some appointments today for their emergency. <laughs> I was like, oh, fun, fantastic. She was like, but they're emergency appointments. And I was like, well, how do you define an emergency? And she said, oh, I can't tell you that. It's whether you perceive it as an emergency. I was like, well, I would like an appointment today rather than in two weeks. She was like, okay, I'll book you in for an emergency. I was like, what? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of GP bookings for the same day depend on how much of a, like, volume stickler the receptionist is. Oh, really? Not stickler, like how, what's the word? Strict. I suppose, it, what's that? Strict. Yeah, like, I guess you could treat it as like, there are different grades of bouncers. So you could have like, a newly qualified level three security bouncer who weighs 65 kilos. And then you have like a Navy SEAL who's been head of security for a large agency and weighs 130 kilos. Like they're both a bouncer, but if you just yeah. ran into the club and tried to get in, <laughs> yeah, some of them would let you in more than others. 
so in some cases you die in other cases you get into the club just fine but yeah so there's no there's no framework then for what is an emergency in a medical sense is that right each pra- from my experience each practice has that has had to build their own flow chart because really the receptionists are not medically trained they shouldn't be triaging things medically but they kind of do and i think that's where it becomes a murky area because obviously if they say oh that doesn't sound like an emergency we're not going to see you and then the patient dies whose fault is that like so i think what what they do is they kind of create a spreadsheet and they say like generally if it's like this kind of thing book them the same day if the patient's really angry and shouting like book them the same day which like you know so many would argue that you shouldn't you shouldn't pander to someone who's just shouting louder to get an appointment. I think what's confusing about it is who's like timid and doesn't want to bother the doctor, but her arm's falling off. Yeah. So actually it like how quickly you get an appointment depends on like your personality rather than the problem. I mean, we, we should get a a GP receptionist, like a veteran one on the podcast. As as a guest. Yeah. Well, I th- what's confusing from from my perspective, not being a doctor from the outside in, is that it feels like it should be a like a funnel where there's an obvious entry point, and I don't think there is an obvious entry point. I think you've got to like, do I call one one one, or do I go to the GP, or do, should I be going to a walk-in center? What's that for? Should I be going to A and E? Yeah, I think like an online question, for, like a survey funnel, would be great. But but I should say as well, I am not an expert on this like this is just what i kind of understand because obviously if i'm being the gp all i i just get patients like land in my clinic so i'm not yeah um i'm not selecting them it feels like this is a great time for someone like an ai to some some kind of algorithm to handle all of so if everybody who wants medical attention goes to use a tool and then the tool gets better and better and better over time. Then people just get sent to the right place. Because somebody has to make the decision, don't they? Like someone in A&E won't get seen in an appropriate amount of time and will be more unwell as a result because someone who didn't need to be in A&E is clogging the system. Yeah. Well, um, and vice versa. That Google voice thing is getting yeah. really close now where you can you can say, hey, Google, please book me a haircut it on Thursday between 12 and 2 and it'll have a full conversation and make it seem like it's a human with local hairdressers it's it makes me want to get the Google Pixel phone yeah I don't know if will you tell me idea. not to can you um, just tell me that that's a bad idea I, th- I think it's a you'd end up having to just use it for those functions but i also don't know if it's available yet i think they had to roll it back because people were getting scared because they were saying it's it's not ethical to make a like a person who works in a barber's shop think that they're talking to a human when they're not it just feels like google will crack that first you know if i'm going to be in in an infrastructure like using g suite for everything having a google phone gmail google calendar all these things it feels like google will be apple to the really cool stuff google yeah, maps is better than like, apple maps for example self-driving cars i've i back google 
Mm. <laughs> I think anything AI based, I back Google. Do you back Tesla for anything? I suppose internet. I think, well, I think they've already, well, that's not Tesla, that's just Musk. I back Musk to get us to Mars quicker than anyone else. I think he's mm. quite keen on that idea. But I feel like Tesla's already kind of at where it's like they're just growing progressively. I feel it'll be interesting to see what happens when like BMW are producing the same, have the same infrastructure as Tesla in terms of. But then the theory is that like Tesla have a lot of the proprietary tech and and um, infrastructure to make the batteries. So whether that Tesla will own the battery production and then they have to sell it to the other car manufacturers and all that sort of stuff. I mean, they can get us to Mars and they can make renewable make batteries, batteries but they can't book a haircut for us. And that's the... And ultimately, that's, that's what I care about, you know. Until so I'm getting on a spaceship, that's what I care about. <laughs> we have some questions from you guys. Thank you for these. They're probably a bit a bit old now, but uh, we will tag you. And I'm sure you'll be happy for the, the answer, even if it is a couple of weeks late. <laughs> so... The first one is from Omkabobdi. He says, sales, sales, sales. We have a lot of material on that, but I think the best place to start would be propane-business.com. We've got a sales 101 article, and then obviously our YouTube channel. A lot of people follow us on one platform and not on another. So remember, we, we are on everything, pretty much. And These days, yeah. There's great stuff on everything. So... I would. The only thing I would say is that, firstly, sales, sales, sales is not a question. That's problem number one. The second is that most people think they have a sales problem. They actually have a, a lead flow problem. And the cause of the lead flow problem is usually marketing and traffic. So like niche brand and traffic source. So you probably don't have a sales problem. True. If you think you have a sales problem, you probably will be in a situation where you've got loads of people that want to buy from you and then you can't get them over the line which yeah is an unusual situation to be in extremely unusual yeah question two from rory from no from roy rx2 fitness can yusuf levitate i uploaded a couple of videos that may have given that effect um but i i'm still still working on it Pips what is buzzy? the definition of levitate? Good question, because I suppose if you just jump a bit, then you technically did. Rise or cause rise or cause to rise and hover in the air, typically by means of a supposed magical power. So it's that last bit that I think you're yet to master. But I've definitely yeah. seen you leave the ground <laughs> and seem to hover. So I'm halfway there. I suppose I it's, don't know that it's not magic. Well, that's true. I'm assuming it isn't. Pips Bazzi says the best way to set up a business. We're going to need more clarification on that one, I think. Mm -hmm. Do you mean the structure or just like the things that you should have in place? Safe answer, read the Lean Startup. Um, it's just a very good way to kind of get the, the key components in place. Mm -hmm. uh, like our, our approach would always be start with the expertise start with the ability to get a client a result and then build everything out from there because otherwise you're polishing a turd <laughs> yeah so um 
all I was going to say was just more general than that. Like most businesses that exist and start and succeed are do so by solving a problem that people already have or a desire, fulfilling a desire that people already have. A lot of the businesses that sort of start and fail to gain any traction are usually creating, trying to create a new desire or solve a new problem. So a lot of the kind of uh, niche startups that that get released that you know maybe sound great but don't get anywhere, typically it, there's a lack of product market fit. So if you just solve an existing product problem, which is a lot of obviously what we do with coaching, right? Personal trainers are solving a problem that people have and we teach them to do that in a way that is that makes sense for them and allows them to work with more people globally. Um, so finding something that people are already buying typically, uh, businesses that already exist, set up your own version of that, do it a little bit better than the competition, better product at a lower price. You smash it, absolutely smash it. Depends with what the size of the problem that you take on is. If you say I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick a, pick and build a global distribution network for products and um, web hosting and clothing books. and food and, and books and CDs, then like, yeah, you, to try and do a better version of what's incumbent is a bit of a big project. Yeah, massive. Um, Take ages. Start small and actually expand it. Weeks and weeks of work. Absolutely weeks. Hundreds of pounds of investment as well. Ewan says, or Ewan Stewart, best way to balance semi-pro sport with a full-time job and social life. Don't think either of us have ever done that. So it's quite hard to answer. Yeah, we've done national, well, Johnny's done world level powerlifting, but I don't know if you would count that as semi-pro. You won't get I suppose it's, for as, it. it's as close to that as you could get in that sport, I suppose, without being like Russian, where they, they are professional. But I feel like that's also an easy, it's a bit of a cop out because really the way that you do that is you just go to the gym four days a week. Yeah, powerlifting. And a lot of people like, do that anyway. It's true. Out of all the sports that you can, that in terms of taking up time, powerlifting is probably one of the requires at least time commitment to get good even less than bodybuilding because like most of the work in powerlifting is actually in the gym <laughs> like as Whereas long as you're not bodybuilding is mostly out of it yeah like with powerlifting just don't be an arsehole the rest of the time and you'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> whereas with bodybuilding like almost like the training's kind of like the training has to be good enough doesn't it to, to create a training effect but then you've got to really nail like sleep recovery nutrition i just don't feel like i can answer that question Get the a closest calendar. thing we have to that is we have a, a series on productivity which is how i balanced going through med school while you know co-running propane and doing family and social life and all that stuff so that kind of covers it i did do some competitive sport during that period but not semi-pro level and i think that is quite a significant addition because it you know working full-time in any job tanks your recovery capacity especially if you're doing shift work or long shifts so i think really step one is what can you eliminate rather than how can i try and juggle all these plates it's like what can i get rid of if it's getting better at the sport to the point of gaining a sponsorship or something so you can drop the job then that makes more sense 
than trying to optimize and optimize. Um, having a having a part time job will give you more time to train, more time to recover, and more sleep. So it's a great answer because both both of us, you more so, have have done running a business around a full time job or trying to grow a business around a full time job, which is very difficult and does boil down to prioritizing. Like it's horrible. Keeping it. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> but but as you say, like it's not like you wake up after a weekend of night shifts to work in propane on Monday and think like, oh my God, my my performance has dropped by like you that might be true, but it's less obvious. Whereas if you if you need to be performing at a certain level to be competitive in a sport and you're trying to like you'll notice even a five percent drop in in performance and recovery and all that sort of stuff. Whereas you can you can reply to emails if you feel terrible. You could you can have a crack at a podcast and do content and make sales even if you feel terrible. You can't really do performance sport at the high le- highest level if you feel terrible. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Prioritize. But ironically, from a question that we didn't know how to answer, that's probably the longest answer. <laughs> we are wildlife has asked us, tell us where Yusuf gets his cardigans from. So I've got one here. This is a my purple wizard cardigan. Um, it's is that the answer? They're, they're, just, they're just there. That's where you get them from. Yeah, just from next to me here. Um, <laughs> I've been... Yeah, I get a lot of comments on the cardigans. And Chris forced me to throw a couple of them away in his uh, restyling of me. Um, he took me to the shops and, you know, did a, a gok wan on me, which was very nice. Um, so yeah, still not answer the question. Get them from all over, but I, I just, I wouldn't take style advice from me. Is all I'd say. Okay, Doctor Adam Sawyer's um, three-part question: Email marketing on the members' site. I'm after your email marketing stuff, and any other courses that you would recommend. Um. So there's, there's email marketing stuff in the members area, Adam. Um, Adam is a client, so we're not we're not just like going full tease on him. Um, in terms of other courses, I would recommend. Uh, I probably wouldn't recommend them or recommend any. Uh, I would instead build a, uh, a swipe file, is what it's called in copywriting world. Um, what, what I do, well, two things. So if you go through this stuff in the members area, it'll teach you how to think about putting an email together. So the structure of that. So like generally how to structure it, when to pitch, how often, and all that sort of stuff. Beyond that though, like the success of email is is what you say, what you talk about, um, ideas to, to turn into emails. Um, so a swipe file is just other people in your industry and in other industries who send regular emails that you like the style of, or you like the content of just set up a rule in your mail to send all those emails to a certain folder. So I have a folder in my Apple mail of just emails from people we follow coaches we bought from people. I like their style. When I'm thinking of writing an email, I'll go into those emails and pick an idea and kind of turn it into my own. I'm not writing it word for word. I'll just use it as, um, Inspiration. Inspiration. Um, yeah. Um, or I will use, and this is kind of the best way to do this, is use conversations you have with leads, conversations you have with clients, questions they ask you, things that come up with in your client communities, 
and turn those into emails and content. Because if you think of it as a, your business as a production line, you have people at the front of it who've not bought anything from you yet. You have people who've stayed with you for a year. You have people who've been working with you for whatever and just had a result. Take the information from the people who are kind of deepest down the funnel and regurgitate that and kind of resonate it back to the market. And that's how the whole thing becomes, um, like improves itself. Just hit the microphone. The whole thing improves itself. So you don't have to think of ideas to write in your emails. The market tells you. Those emails are more effective at generating sales. Those sales, as they buy, fill in a par queue or a, a form and they say like, oh, I really liked this or I had this question and that becomes an email. And then two weeks later, they ask you a question and that becomes an email. So the whole thing will just improve itself. So rather than buy a course, you, you probably know what you need to know to write an email, um, especially with having everything in propane business. So I wouldn't buy any more information. I would focus that attention on generating ideas. And you generate ideas either from other people or your own clients and leads. Amazing. The 80-20 of email marketing. Um, and then he's also asked, what's your current training and nutrition goals, which we covered last week? And do you know what? That is it for today. That is it. It's almost taken us to an hour as well. How quaint. How quaint. What a treat. So, oh, I've got a big line down my face now, but but it's okay because you're listening on Spotify. Why don't you get like a skin-coloured, like a, a, a tattoo in a in a shade that just offsets the light? How do you make it go away? I think the sun's just flipping through clouds. Wow. I thought you'd just done something to make it vanish. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. If you If you want us to cover anything particular get in touch otherwise we'll speak soon yes we will want to learn more about the systems we use to run build and scale propanefitness.com head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build propane fitness we walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.